across the battleground. You are carrion, boy, Yasuge said, as are all men who steal from my herds. He looked around at his warriors. Forty-seven had left their gear tents to answer his call. They had lost four of their brothers against the ferocity of the Tartar raid, but not one of the twenty Tartars would return home. The winter drove men to the edge in all things. Strip the bodies quickly, Yasuge ordered. We will camp in the shelter of the rocks. Valuable metal or bows were much prized for trade and to replace broken weapons, but except for the chainmail vest Temujin Uje had worn, the pickings were poor. Yesuge draped the bloody metal garment over his saddle horn. It was of good quality and would stop a dagger's blow at least. He wondered who the young warrior had been to own such a valuable thing, turning his name over in his mind. He shrugged. Despite the cold in his bones, it had been a good day. The storm had not eased by the following morning, when Yesuge and his men returned to the camp. Only the outriders moved lightly, staying alert against sudden attack. The rest were so bundled in furs and weighed down with looted goods that they were shapeless and half-frozen, rhymed in dirty ice and grease. The families had chosen their site well. Against the lee of a craggy hill, the gares almost invisible in the snow. The only light was a dim brightening behind boiling clouds, yet the returning warriors were spotted by one of the sharp-eyed boys who watched for attack. It lifted Yesuge's heart to hear the piping voices warn of his approach. The women and children of the tribe could hardly be stirring yet, he thought. In such a cold, they dragged themselves from sleep only to light the iron stoves. The time of true rising came an hour or two later, when the great tents of felt and wicker had lost the snap of ice in the air. As the ponies came closer, Yesuge heard a scream from Hoelun's gear, and his heart beat faster. He had one baby son, but death was always close for the young. A Khan needed as many heirs as his tents could hold. As he vaulted from the saddle, he whispered a prayer for another boy. He pushed open the wooden door and entered his home, the snow on his armor melting instantly and dripping in pools. Ha! Get off! he said, as his two hounds bounded madly around him. His hawk chirruped a welcome. His first son, Bector, crawled naked in a corner, playing with curds of cheese as hard as stones. All these things Yesuge registered without his eyes leaving the woman on the furs. Oelun was flushed with the stove's heat, but her eyes were bright in the gold lamplight. Her fine, strong face shone with sweat, and the midwife was fussing with a bundle of cloth, and he knew from Hoelun's smile that he had a second son. Give him to me, Yesuge ordered. The midwife drew back, her wrinkled mouth puckering in irritation. You will crush him with your big hands. Let him take his mother's milk. You can hold him later when he's strong. Yesuge craned for a sight of the little boy as the midwife laid him down, cleaning the small limbs with a rag. In his furs he loomed over them both, and the child seemed to see him, launching a ferocious bout of squalling. He knows me, Yesuge said with pride, smiling down at the red-faced infant. Then, without warning, his manner changed, and his arms snapped out to grip the midwife. What is that in his hand? Under Yesuge's fierce gaze, she opened the infant's hand, revealing a clot of blood the size of an eye. It was black and shone like oil. When Hoelun saw the dark lump, she moaned. 
He holds blood in his right hand, she whispered. He will walk with death all his life. Yesuge drew in a sharp breath. It was reckless to invite an evil fate for the boy. He reached for the clot and held it in his own hand. He was born with death in his right hand, Hoelun. That is fitting. He is a Khan's son, and death is a companion for him. He will be a great warrior. He watched as the baby boy was handed over at last to his exhausted mother, suckling ferociously on a nipple. Yesuge's expression was still troubled as he turned to the midwife. Throw the bones, old mother. Let us see if this blood means good or evil for the wolves. His eyes were bleak, and he did not need to say that the child's life depended on the outcome. He was the Khan, and the tribe looked to him for strength. The midwife bowed her head, understanding that something fearful had come into the birthing rituals.